Blog Talk Radio. Scientific breakthroughs, the unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crib. Hitting blood rituals. 50 scores flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish raw flesh, vampire, vegetarian, I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, in Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, just a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just a fuse the way, uh, another Suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees. Come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Today is July 4th. Give thanks. 
for um, what it matters, you know what I'm saying, um, as far as those who are celebrating um, this ritual holiday of uh, July 4th. We're going to build on this um, a little period. We're going to talk about a few things dealing with number 13, or basically 4, 1 and 3 equals 4, um, as well as, uh, like I said, a, a brief and a very abbreviated uh, decoding of JD's made album, uh, 444. It's from my own perception, um, you know, a few things that I, I see within that, in, in within the whole, uh, as far as how he is a broad base of the table, his album is different. Uh, I just, you know, put a few of the, what I've observed, basically, some of my keen observations here recently in the, in the past. So we're going to build on that as well as uh, the mystical, magical number 13. First of all, I also want to give thanks uh, to those who came before, those who will come after. Give thanks to the First World Order uh, radio family. Um, give thanks most definitely to, uh, to the father and mother of, uh, of the First World Order radio, Dr. Eileen and Sister Kadiru. Um, Give thanks to the brother Jamal and the brother Faim. So I said, you also give thanks to the good family on me and me. Y'all holding it down, I know it. Um, speaking to you in the astral, day to day. The family's good. Staying up, staying elevated. Um, I also give thanks to all the members and the guys out there, queens and you know, kings, guys and goddesses. Um, Holding it down, staying in the road, you know. I'm, I'm holding it down too. I ain't got thrown in the truck yet, you know what I'm saying? Um, staying in the lines right now. Keeping everything in, in perspective as far as uh, the bubble is concerned and the illusion or whatever. But yeah, we're going to um, talk about a few things tonight. We're going to go ahead and jump straight into it, go ahead and dive divine right into it, you know what I mean? So. Tonight's topic is metamagic on number 13. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to just maybe two tips, tricks, um, real quick, fast, and then uh, a mindful rush. <laughs> uh, basically, we went over tapping last week with stem cell stimulation. Um, one of the things that is also good for stimulating is stem cells, basically um, stimulating warmth in the body as well as um, generating heat in the uh, wintertime. But you can do this year-round. It's a, a rub down. Basically, it's a self-massage. Um, you can utilize it. You can do this in the shower uh, while taking a bath, uh, like uh, like with ablution. You can use it like you're washing your face, but with body, you know, um, the brother was talking about fasting, and also Brother uh, Jamal was talking about fasting as well as the cleansing or the, the ablution that um, they practice within Islam. So um, you can do, you can utilize the same practice as far as enhancing certain aspects of your internal um, self by uh, with the deity or the title attached to whatever part or, you know, whatever extremity you may be watching or organ system that may be connected to that extremity. So um, 
Like what we do is what I normally do is it's called a rub down. It's very a vigorous rub down. If you want a self massage in the shower or before it or you go out when you you know, say have a minimal amount of clothes on. You know, you you pretty much rubbing the energy towards your heart. So what you do is first you start the face. If you're in the shower or if you're putting on lotion or something, you know, after the shower or maybe before the shower you want to rub down. But you know it, Basically, what you do is, if you're in the shower, taking a bath, or if you're putting on your lotion afterwards, drying off, or you just want to do the rub down, basically what you do is you start your face and you rub down. And like I said, you can start, you can do it like an ablution or, or um, like why they, or with, within um, any religious set where they do um, a purification of the body by way of water. So what we do, you can put a deity's name or any um Make up a deity or whatever, but you can go with the tree of life or the Patnachi or the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah, uh, Kabbalistic tree of life. And you will start the top, that's Kether or Atir, and you will wash your, your face from the top of the cranium, that very tip, wash your head down to the face. The left side is uh, Chakma or Tahuti, that's the wisdom. The right side is Vina or uh, Satir. Being up, that's the understanding. Then that so that's one, two, three. So you can do the top of the head, then the left and right side of the face, and you rub down. But at the same time, you can do this while you're washing your face. But this is the rub down. So like before, or after the bathtub with the uh, towel, when you're drying off, rub down kind of vigorously. You know, put a little, put a little ump with it. Rub down the face, the top of the head, then left, right. You can say new pool, I am, or you can say. Uh, Tahuti or wisdom and then understand it. And, and Kether means knowledge, or basically it means crown or light. So it's at the top, or I said, the Lord of the Perfect Garden. So you bring the ends down to Tahuti, weighing both sides. And then you go over to um, Sakir, the spiritual uh, wisdom, and you bring it down to the neck region. And then you go to your left arm, your left hand, actually, at the fingertips, and you put your hand up. To where your shoulder, your shoulder is raised, and your hand will be elevated above your head, and you bring the energy down from your fingertips to your hand. You rub it down your arm, all the way towards your heart, and this is my eye. This is the balance right here on the left arm. So that's my eye, the feminine energy, bringing the, that down towards your heart, from your fingertips down the arm, the elbow to the shoulder, then to the heart. So that's four. Then we go to Horeketi or Shasad, Shasad, C-H-E-S-E-D, that is also um, four. That's uh, the Kabbalistic tree of life is Shasad, Ma'at divine, the um, African or Kemetic tree of life. We go to the left arm. The left arm is represented as Kabbalah or um, also Horukuchi. Horukuchi means uh, the light of both realms. The Bible means strength, basically, um, strength and mercy. Or the, actually, society means the Bible means strength and sympathy. Uh, so you go to the Bible and bring down from the fingertips of the right hand down the right arm over to or the chest. Right, so we get to the right pick and bring that energy from the right hand while the hand is elevated or raised. Bring that, rub that energy down back to the heart region. Then we go to the chest, 
That's Saru. That's the heart. That's also Tipara. Tipara. Tipara is the sixth spirit of the Kabbalistic period life. Tip, ha, you hear the Haru in there. That's also Haru, the sixth spirit. So from there, you're rubbing the energy, cleaning, you know, rubbing the energy on the left and right peg, so the chest, and we bring it down to the heart region. Then we go to the torso, the heteru. Heteru will also Nitsak. Uh, Nitsak meaning victory, and heteru meaning house of light. So we have victory in the house of light. So we bring the energy down to the heteru, to the stomach region, or to the abdomen. We rub it down into that area. Then we go to um, the loins, and that is um, Sebek, and also Hod. Sebek is sublimation, and Hod means glory in Hebrew. So that's the Kabbalistic tree. Sebek is a committed tree. But this is just going through deities and titles of energies within uh, the mechanism of cosmology as above, so below, so within, so without. So the correspondence of the force or energy that relates to that certain area would be the heart, like Baru, you know, my eye left arm. It's the feminine energy, but it goes to the right brain. A record to right arm is the masculine energy, but it goes to the left brain. Uh, and then we go, we are high, that's the um, torso, so that's um, Sebek. You know what I'm saying? Sebek is sublimating the energy of Hatteru, the house of light. So when we sublimate the energy um, by way of Sebek, that energy is in the lower base and loins. That's the sexual energy. You know what I'm saying? That's that. What we were talking about last week was uh, the primordial essence of the stem cell. The sexual energy meaning the carbon energy or whatnot, the melanin energy, that sex or six energy. You know what I'm the carbon element being the sixth number or the sixth element of the um, periodic table. So we rub the stomach or the abdomen, lower abdomen, and then we go to the right leg, still with high. So we rub down the right leg, down to the right foot. We rub out of the toes with high. Then we bring the energy back up, rubbing the energy back up from the foot. The rubbing down is basically to get your dirt off. The rubbing up is basically to bring the energy back towards the heart. That energy will be located within the um, meridians of the liver, the spleen, and the kidneys, which is located on the inside of the leg. And also the stomach, which is located on the the um, front part of the knee, all the way from the ankle, all the way up. Well, actually, from the toe, um, the um, second toe, all the way up the midline of the, the leg, where the shin is, to the knee, all the way up the thigh, then up the side of the body, towards the heart, then up the face, towards the um, all the way up to the eye, to the um, left eye. Then we have because um, the stomach's on the left side. All right, but then uh, also the gallbladder, which will be on the outside of the knee or the leg, going up towards the thigh, then up the side of the body, towards the gallbladder on the right-hand side. And then uh, also the urinary bladder, which is on the back of the leg, going up all the way up the back of the leg, then up the back, all the way up towards and over the head, the cranium, right there towards um, first outreach or mid-brow reach. So those meridians will be stimulated throughout that um, throughout that um, that massage or that rub there. 
that rub down, it's been noted already medically that those that participate in practice of rub down throughout their life every day, they um, live at least 20 years longer and have a more fluid life um, activity with their limbs. And also, the blood pressure is always regulated without having to purchase or use any type of blood pressure pill that would affect the healing process in, a, in longevity. So, so now we've um, brought the energy back up the left leg, I mean the right leg, now we go to the left leg. When the left leg is, um, when we get high, now the left leg is I set, as well as um, your side. I set is the seats. Your side means the throne. All right, so I'll go down the left leg on the torso and bring it back up. After we wash the left leg down, get the dirt off, or if we're just rubbing the energy down, after, after we've already taken the bath, we rub the energy down, not the toes, and we bring the energy back up the leg with a very, like I said, a very aggressive type of massage. You bring press in, you just rub the energy all the way up in. You can put your thumbs together right in the middle of the, of the leg, of the skin, on the ankle. Rub all the way up, pressing in on your leg, rub all the way up the knee with the two thumbs touching and the fingers on, under the on top of the leg coming up and then bring it back to the abdomen region, the kidney region, to the heart region. All right, so that's the left leg. Now we go, we go into um, bringing the energy back up from and cleaning as well as a, a massage of uh, the sexual organs, basically. Um, that would be my coops. And also, give give the earth and my kubi and the kingdom. So now we go from bringing the energy back up, and now we wash the loins, and um, the last spot will be the, the butt or the anus. You know what I'm saying? I always wash the undercarriage first. Don't don't go and wash the muddy undercarriage. The, the, you know, we've been out here mudslinging all all autumn or whatever, and then we go and try to wash the the undercarriage. And then, you know, want to watch something else after that, too. Again, you, we clean the undercarriage last. Make sure all the dirt comes down, you know, and then clean up, clean up the butt last. Don't wash your butt and then go and wash your face. All right, we've talked about it before. But uh, basically, uh, you know, that's the rub down. So the last spot would be, um, or the uh, rub down massage for basically to clean the purification process, too, as well as uh, as far as ablution is concerned. You can use that in um, washing your body as well, spiritually, a spiritual path. So, but the rub down is to bring the blood back to the heart. So the last one would be washing your butt, though, you know what I'm saying? But you go from your face or your head, top of the head, left side, right side, left arm, right arm, the chest, the torso, the loins, the right leg, the left leg, bring the energy up the right leg, bring the energy up the left leg. Then um, the sexual organ or the procreation organ, and then the anus flat. It's a clean body, then, you know what I'm saying, as well as you've got that blood going back towards your heart. If you do it in the shower, in the wintertime, it's very effective because we're going to close off the pores, of, of, well, I mean, by way of cold water at the end of the shower. So in the wintertime, um, being that we're taking a hot shower, 
and if we leave the, the hot on our pores on the skin, and that we're more susceptible to uh, cold air entering the pores because the pores will be open due to the hot water. So we put cold water over top of that skin and close the pores back and seal back up. So that cold air, when we go outside of the pathogens or whatnot, that may be floating around from other from bacteria, from other people that may not be too healthy, uh, have strong immune systems. They may have a strong immune system, but they may have bacteria or germs floating around. And our immune system may be semi-weak that day, and we get, it, we get mumped up due to certain things. But um, I've learned by way of um, my preventive and curative measures of uh, bringing back homeostasis or uh, coming back to good health, that preventive is always better. So it's always better to go about the process on a day-to-day, you know what I'm saying, of doing certain things that will prevent those happenings of, of bad health or uh, predicament or, or incidents, basically, in our life that could be otherwise um, prevented by way of us cognitively um, being more observant and participating with certain activities throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? All right, so that is the tip and trick for the day, a rub down, basically, you know what I'm saying? Also, another one, of course, is stay alkalized. we got 90 degrees weather out here, dog day, July, we're now in the throes of um, the hottest part of the so-called hottest part of the year, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, be wise, um, get some water in your system. Like I'm speaking last week, watermelon has been my friend for the past month now, month ahead. He may, in the middle of May, I started with the watermelon. Um, it's been one of my good friends as far as uh, accommodating sustenance as well as um, when I just want to drink something because I've been working out and, you know, it's good because it has all the natural, it has natural nutrients that's required for the body to uh, survive and sustain. It's also, it tastes good. So it's watery, so it has that effect to where it um, vitalizes that watery cell, that liquid semiconductor with uh, gazing channels. All right, so we're going to get into the blog for tonight. The information for tonight or the topic of discussion is MetaMagic on 13. All right, so we know, we know that members are vibration or frequency, and basically everything in the physical known reality, and more or less even in the unknown reality, is based on some type of vibration, which in essence has some type of decoding that will have an underlying number related to it as well. Now, the Pythagorean stated member is all, you know. So everything has some type of numerical explanation, you know. So every number now, even like we're dealing with numerology, and I'm going to break down one to four, I'm not going to go through the whole um, number system or decimal system that's pertaining to one through nine. I'm just going to go through the one through four. But if we're looking at numbers from a um, perspective of metaphysics or esoterically, then all things in the matrix of reality, ultimate reality, does pertain to some type of number system. All right, so all things, everything has a numerical value within it. 
um, due to multiplicity and unity. Right. I'm going to read out of Serpent in the Sky by Serpent in the Sky by John E. West. John Anthony West. I haven't read this. I haven't read this in a while. Yeah, John Anthony West. Yeah, this, uh, he wrote this back in the day. Serpent in the Sky, High Wisdom of Ancient Egypt. And that's High Wisdom of Ancient Egypt. But he breaks down um, numerology in here, a little something from an Egyptian or comedic perspective. So um, I was just, you know, as we was looking at, I was looking at certain things that was taking place in the past few days. I was like, yeah, you know, I wasn't even planning on doing a lot today, but um, I, we were at a, a event for. Uh, July 4th for my family in Fayetteville, you know, went up there for what is it, a craft fest today they have them up there by, by Fort Bragg. And uh, just so happy that they didn't really need me present, but physically that in, in such a way, well, nearby. As a, close, I, th- I thought they needed me at the actual event, the actual fireworks and craft fest, but they were going to hold it there. They, well, my daughter is there. My son is there too as well, so he said he was so far I came back to uh, my sister's house and get his uh, blog in for the evening. So what we're going to work on is Meta Magic on the number 13. All right, so as I was saying, coming out this book called Serpent in the Sky by um, John Anthony West, um, where he is going to break down. In the first chapter, he breaks down the morality. Uh, okay, so we're going to start with one. One, he states, and this is not this is coming from Lubowitz, I believe, is uh, the actual Egyptologist that he got the information from. He wrote a few books. Club uh, I believe, is one of them. That's one of the books I purchased. I believe it's Lubowitz. I've written him and his wife a couple years I had got that a couple years ago. But anyway, that's her box. It's a pretty decent book. It's a so-called um, fictionalist. Talking about a Egyptian pharaoh that thought out young or whatnot. But basically, her box was one of the books that loved with uh, wrote that um, this um, author, John A. Anthony West, he more than likely uh, was a student of, of love with Swallow D. Lovitz, who was, uh, like I said, uh, the Egyptologist basically studied a lot of the Egyptian history and broke down certain things as far as from a European perspective, but from uh, a committee or, or Egyptian um, personification for the information that he did research and bring back to the table. So we're going to go, we're going to start with one. Since we're dealing with 13, we're talking about um, four, so we stop with four. So because one and three is four. All right, so one, one is the absolute or unity. It's, it's what created multiplicity out of itself. One is the undifferentiated energy matter. One is uh, the nothing. It's the source pool of creation. It's the zero point field. It is, it, it is the, uh, it's the absolute. It is uh, the what we would call the physical and the spiritual and, and um, also material. So that is one. One 
multiplicity or polarized into two. One became two from from what was called a primordial scission or primordial separation. So from that cut, from one, multiplicity, or multiplied into a second part of itself or into dualism or what we call polarity in order to experience itself. All right, so this one is now two. An absolute or unpolarized energy becomes conscious of itself and creates polarized energy. Um, and that one then simultaneously becomes two and three. Two, regarded by self, is divided as a device by nature. Two represents the principle of multiplicity. When it's not checked, two becomes chaos. Two is the fall. It's the fall from the unseen reality or that uh, that black dot, you know what I'm saying, that, that raindrop, that tear of rock, coming down into the known reality. That's going into the womb of man, woman, um, by way of um, the man implanting the seed of energy into the womb. So that one turns to two, turns to four, turns to six, and well, turns to four, turns to eight, turns to sixteen, two to four to eight, you know what I'm saying? So that's um, in relation to the blastula there or, or the marola, also with also mitosis, basically cell division. Three represents the principle, um, but two, oh, uh, two regarded by itself is vice by nature, two also represents chaos when it's not checked. All right, so the two is reconciled to unity, included within unity by the simultaneous creation of three. All right, so three represents the principle of reconciliation or understanding. Basically, understanding means to reconcile within a relationship. But now I understand the person more so than beforehand that was sound. Since we had this understanding, we can now come back together by way of reconciling our differences. This three and one is, of course, um, in relation to the Trinity or the triangulated or the child self. Numbers um, speaking in terms of uh, in terms of uh, basically modalities or precepts, um, we would look at it as uh, one being knowledge, two being wisdom, and three being the understanding. So knowledge being the journey where we are picking up the information, two being the wisdom, um, also the bridge or the path that we are creating on the journey as we move or move with the energy of the knowledge, and three being the understanding that is born by way of journey and the wisdom that is being fused together. So on the other side of the bridge is this understanding of this reconciliation. Uh, so these functions and principles can be understood um, only by the study of certain numbers. Through the study of number perhaps only through the study of numbers, these functions and principles can be understood. So numbers are neither abstractions nor entities in themselves. Their names apply to the functions and principles upon which the universe is created and maintained. So when we look at numbers quantitatively, 
we must understand that the number is not the name of the object. They are named, they are applied to the function and principle or the force and energy that is created within that object by way of universal energy. Alright, so that's one breaks down or polarizes into two, multiplicity into two, and then becomes three simultaneously. But this two, two is the absolute unity when it becomes conscious of itself. So this one, when it becomes conscious of itself by way of multiplicity, it then becomes two. Remember in numerology, one and one is not equal to, it's not the sum of two. Two is not one plus one. Metaphysically or esoterically, there is only one. So one is all. And all is member, all is mind. So the mind is member. The mind is mad. My right. So that and so two express fundamental opposition. So that's opposition. Fundamental contra uh, or um, contrariety of nature, polarization. And polarity is fundamental to all phenomena without exception. Alright? So everything must have a polar a polar side or opposite in order for it to know itself. We have to experience the opposite side of ourselves. So in the physical reality, as we experience um the physical, it is in complete contrast to who we are um, intelligently or spiritually because we are now expressing and experiencing our opposite self or our opposition in reality, ultimate physical reality. The ultimate true reality or uh, permanence or the realm of permanence, we are um, in a state of bliss that does not you know, does not rely on physical experience of um, to and fro, basically, in the, in the manner that we are participating with it now. Right. So to express its fundamental opposition, fundamental polarization, and polarity is fundamental to all phenomena within, without exception. Right. In ancient um, comedic myth, this was always uh, depicted very powerfully in symbolism of the conflict between Set and Haru, and also Set and Osir, which was ultimately reconciled after the death of Osir. So two regards in itself, two represents a state of primordial tension. The first Opposition is the opposition of um, the knowledge of self. It is a hypothetical condition of eternally um, unreconciled opposites. Right. So two is actually static. In the world of two, nothing really happens. So what's going on in, in the state of two is the energy or the knowledge is now being applied, formulate the reconciliation of three. So one and two. Two is um, the observation and awareness that one already had purposeful, but now it is going through the um, the exactation of the experience of noticing itself in its mindful state. So three 
is the relationship between one and two. You can't have, uh, you can't build a reconciliation without having an opposition. So two is the opposing aspect, opposing form of one. So as one and two oppose each other, three, which is formed outside of one and two simultaneously, is established to reconcile the differences between one and two. This automatic um, birthing of three is the reconciling principle that was already there. So this is not based on a gender type of relationship, male and female, you know, love or hate. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that's based more on appreciation of the energy within the cycle of the experience. So even inside of a, a relationship, whatever the relationship may be, I, like I skateboard, so every once in a while I don't skate as much as I used to, but if I'm a skater, so relationship with a skater is, okay, I'm a skater, I need a skateboard, but if I don't have the motivation to skate, then the relationship between the skater and the skateboard doesn't really exist. So I have to have this inspiration, this motivation, which will be the reconciliation or the understanding that I have gained between what the skateboard has to offer as far as this block of wood and the wheels on it, and me, personal, my personal ego or personality that wishes to skate, but if I don't have the motivation or the desire to get on the board, and push and kick, then I'm not going to do it. So that reconciliation or the understanding or that third um, part, that third aspect within um, numerology being three um, or basically a relationship, a reconciliation is very important. So one and two, one being um, the absolute, two is the absolute noticing itself within multiplicity and noticing itself as opposition or being polarized as a complete opposite. Then three is the reconciliation of that polarization and bringing those two forces back together as one. All right, so states here in, in um, the circle in the sky that the heart, not the head, understands three. By heart, I mean the context of human emotional faculties. Understanding is an emotional more than intellectual function, and it's practically a synonym for reconciliation. The more one understands, the more he or she is able to reconcile and relate. The more one understands, the more one reconciles seeming incongruities and inconsistencies. It is possible to know a great deal and understand very little. All right, so the more people know, yeah, it's good, but the more we understand or the more we have applied the information that we have learned, then the easier it is for those um, 
incongruities and inconsistencies to be depleted out of your um, relationship as far as relating or rationalizing these physical uh, activities that we participate with from um, a, a direct angle in, in place of an indirect um, degree of information that we at times seem to be inflicted with almost. It's, you know, most of the information we do receive is coming from external uh, or, or it's coming indirectly from some source, not directly from the source. Right? So here again, the degree to which one understands three is a fair, indi- a fair indication of the degree to which he or she is civilized. It is a recognition of the fundamental need to reconcile opposites. The man who understands three is not easily produced into dogmatism. He knows that truth and false in the world are relative, or if seemingly absolute, as in logical systems, that the system itself is but relative. All right, so any manifestation in the physical world represents a moment of equilibrium between positive and negative forces. Any manifestation in the physical world represents a moment of equilibrium between positive and negative forces. All right, so that that any moment, or that any manifestation, I mean, represents a moment of when you have those two forces, you know, one being the unseen, one being the seen, the electromagnetic force, if you will, the yin-yang, feminine and masculine energies, whatever, whatever it may be. But when those two forces come to a balance, an equilibrium between positive and negative forces, that's when the physical object pops out. That's when it busts out that, that black hole, that black dot, that tear. You know what I'm saying? That's when it comes up out of that, that um, hidden realm, basically, and it shows its face. So we're speaking on the ankh. Ankh has four letters, A-N-K-H. Ankh means life, right? A-N-K-H, that, that basically is uh, a moon, moon, check your head. So that means head, infinite, check, um, um, dark, um, noon, primordial waters, and a moon, the hidden. So it's the infinite, dark, hidden, primordial waters. So again, it's talking about dark energy, dark matter, whatever it may be, that unknown essence of um, creation. We call it carbon, we call it melanin, we call it a lot of different titles, you know what I'm saying? But by labeling it, we actually minimize, we actually minimize the, um, the attainable energy that resides within it by giving it a certain title. Anything, by giving that title, it um, actually depletes some of its potential. All right, so any manifestation on the physical world represents a moment of equilibrium between positive and negative forces. So as we look at, uh, for instance, um, going to four, but as we look at uh, Pharaoh in the mummy state, they had that the scepter and uh, the flail, which represents, you know, the flail represents whipping or, or uh, disciplining the animal part or the lower nature and the uh, scepter represents bringing the animal nature back in after disciplining it, bringing it back in and protecting it from harm's way by keeping it from going or, 
too far. You know, see, stretching out too far. So bring it back in with the skeptical flail. Um, pretty much um, disciplines it by whipping the uh, or taming the lower nature. But that X is formed, and in between the X, that dot is the heart, right there. So the heart of the matter um, comes comes way comes in by way of that vortex region within the heart. So as it was stated here, he says, uh, he states, um, the heart, not the head, understands three. By heart, he means the complex of human emotional faculties, right? Remember, there are only two true emotions, that's love and fear. And everything else are, are feelings that derive from outside, that form outside of love and fear. All right, so those who have... Those who use their heart, not the head, will understand the relationship of three and what it means to utilize three in life. All right, so now we're going to four. Four is the material substance. It is the thing, the physical world. It is the matrix of all sensual experience. We get four is the cube. You know, you have four sides of the square, 90 degrees in each angle, 90, 90, 90, 90 times four is 360. So it's the true circle um, squared, meaning um, also goes back to um, the polarities of the physical world and the uh, spiritual world, the unseen and seen. Um, so as these two come together, they form, um, they, it's called the, you know, the sacred marriage or hybrid gamma. So when they do come together as one, they feel um, the void or the empty space that has uh, been the empty space that has been personified by way of the opposition, basically, from one multiplicity or dividing into two or dualism, polarity. Then when the reconciliation comes in, it forms a bond or an energy of connectivity, unity, that then forms the actual physical world. So... You got one, which will be like, okay, you got the skater. That will, I'm a skateboarder, but then I got two, which will be the multiplicity. I, I wanted to experience myself, so I made a skateboard as myself, but I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And I, now I have to have the, in, have to have the um, inspiration or the motivation and, and desire to um, get on the skateboard and skate, all right? So that desire, by way of you know what I'm saying, the multiplicity or the absolute multiplicity uh, multiplying into the skateboard because we wanted to experience something. So now we, are, we skate here. But in order to skate, I had to have the inspiration. So that's the three. That's the reconciliation. But the actual skating is the material substance. The thing is the physical world. It's the matrix. So the four, the actuality, is the formalization, the full formalization, right? So it's the material substance, material matter. So we're talking about four being one and four, one and three equaling four. So one and three is we're speaking out as as far as the um, biggest rub down or the rest as the rub down massage, self induced massage. Four, the fourth seed or the fourth sphere of the Kabbalah is Chasad within the Kabbalistic terms, but also Ma'at within the comedic terms. So Ma'at, the fourth. Spirit, the first fourth seat on the tree of life. So this four is matter being 
being personified or actualizing into the experience of life. So material or substance cannot be accounted for in two terms or three. So two is an abstract of spiritual teaching. Three is an abstract of spiritual relationship. So two and three are insufficient to account for the idea of substance. So you, this is coming out of circling the sky. So you have a lover, you have the beloved, and you have the desire, but that is not a household as of yet. All right, so that there is no material substance. You have the lover, that will be knowledge, for one. Then you have the beloved, that will be the wisdom or the opposition, two. Then you have the desire, that will be the understanding or the, the reconciliation after we cross the bridge or we build up the wisdom by way of applying it, the information or knowledge, and then the actualization of what we are attempting to manifest would be for that is the material substance, that is the thing, the physical world, that is the matrix, all sensuous experience going in to the ultimate reality of the physical. All right, so by way of four. So when one and two is reconciled by three, three builds up the energy to actualize the substance that we call physical. That's four, that's the material. All right, so three is only the reconciliation. Four is actual is the actual doorway that we walk through, that the energy goes through to come out the other side as the physical entity. That's the womb again. So four, the material, ma'at, matter. Okay, so we are dealing with um aspect of water as well. So um water, mu, ma, talking about the mother. Mother, that's matcha, all right? Um, states here in the serpent in the sky by um, John A. John Anthony on West. It states right here that on page 37, the ancients did not think that matter was actually made up of physical realities, fire, earth, air, and water. They used these three, four commonplace phenomena, phenomena to describe the functional roles of the four terms necessary to matter, but rather to the principle of substantiality. At four, we have not arrived yet at the actual physical stuff we stub our toes again. Fire is the active coagulating principle. Earth is the receptive, formative principle. Air is the subtle. Water is the composite principle, a product of fire, earth, and air, and yet a substance over and above them all. It states like that that water is above and over them all, even though it's the composite of all three fire, air, and earth. Unity is perfect, determined, and undifferentiated. So unity becoming conscious of itself creates differentiation. Unity is perfect, determined, undifferentiated. That's the first field. That's the um, primordial waters. You know what I'm saying? That's the arm. That's life. This is the black dot, the teardrop. You know what I'm saying? The trail of tears. You know what I'm saying? The chemtrail, if you will the black trail. Thus, each aspect of primordial spiritual duality is itself dual. The primordial decision creates a twofold antagonism, which is reconciled by consciousness. The consciousness, intelligence, uh, or that third aspect, the understanding of reconciliation, is what brings about um, the, the actualization of four or the physical world. If we understand nothing of this fourfold process, we understand little of the world phenomenon. 
The double reaction or double conversion is the basis of the material world. The primordial decision creates a twofold antagonism, which is reconciled by consciousness. All right, so one, one is two, two and two is four. Even though we don't, again, within uh, the metaphysical reality of numerology, one and one will not sum out to be two. Yet, when we're doing the simple math right now, one, 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 one is four, or one and two is two, and then we have two, two, we have four. Okay? Four also equals out to, if you do the math, one, two, three, and four, one plus two is three, and Okay, one and two is three, and um, three and four is seven. So three plus seven is ten. So we go back to one. One to zero is one. We're talking about completion, or we're talking about the absolute. Right back to one. All right. When we're looking at four, we're also looking at one. We're looking at completion or the absolute. So the absolute now sees itself as four from one. Right. Four is the matrix, it's the physical reality. Four is the substance, the thing, the physical world that um, participates, world that the system participates with. All right. So now you're looking at um, four, 13. This is speaking on the meta magic of number four from um perspective, but you know, so thirteen the thirteenth card of the tarot deck is the death symbol, the death card with the skeleton symbol of uh, death or the ancestors, basically, right? Necromancy is what they call it, but um, basically is Ancestral, the practice of speaking to the ancestors, called ancestral worship, but basically tapping to our DNA. Uh, when we're looking at a skeleton or a skull and bone, what we're really looking at is uh, the bone, the, the bones, two bones, it's the vortex of energy, the microball, stemming the energy coming down, masculine, going up, or yin and yang. But basically, um, the X of the vortex and the the dot, the black dot, would be represented by the skull, or the black dot from where the initiating spark or the seeds um, would be would come through. The seed being the black dot as well, but as they formulate the mecha bar, the mecha bar of um, or the counter rotating vehicle of the spirit and the soul, it will be that six pointed star um, that we speak on. And that's um, the black planet. That represents the black planet Saturn. Basically, also relates to a Merkaba. All right, so Saturn means the dark light. Basically, Saturn's dark and Earth light. So the dark light, dark light consciousness. But this black planet represents um, a Merkaba as well. We look at Walmart for a minute. You know, whatever. No Walmart, I guess, but Walmart starts with the letter W. Wow. 
But if you uh, invert the letter W and change it to it will turn into an M. So we have the word um, matter, but also when we invert it back, we have the word water. But basically, um, matter and water represents feminine um, aspect of life. Um, so water is matter, but water is what matter formulates from by way of feminine perspective, being that the water brings fluid, um, plus the placenta, my toe, I mean, uh, the mitochondria, you know, a lot of different things that relates to the feminine personality deals with water, emotion, emotion. Okay, but basically, um, the word Mara means great sea, and uh, it also has relation to the word Maro, Mara and Maro, where both are related related to fluid. Mara means great sea, and marrow is the blood of the marrow that resides in the bones. The marrow again gives way to um, stem cells. It's where stem cells form, and stem cells give way to red and white blood cells or differentiate the two red and white blood cells that go into the body and heal the body. Pretty much generate, regenerates the body into a healthy or every 365 days. Becomes newer, becomes older. Or regenerate or degenerate, basically. Depending on what we are giving or feeding our spiritual self or our melanin, if you want to call it melanin. You know what I'm saying? But basically, the essential uh, underlying essence of all biological life is um, related to water. And that is matter that's formulated outside of that. But the number 13 also relates to the last supper as well. So we got um, 12 disciples and we got Jesus or, or Yeshua, whatever we want to call it. But that is um, also corresponds to the 12 planets in the sun or what we would call the, the solar deity within our solar system. So the 12 planets in the sun is representative of um, also the 12 disciples and the dinner guests of Jesus, as well as um, we go into the 12 cranial nerves and the pineal gland. The 12 cranial nerves corresponds and corresponds with the pineal gland also equate to 13 and also equate to um, the mystical, magical inner interpretation of 13. Uh, I hope 13 holds weight in different perspectives as far as uh, symbolic symbolic manners as far as different storylines over over the past, even in um, what we would call real time or whatever, you know, like the flag has 13 stars and all that, 13 lines and all that. Speaking on so called talking about the 13 risk column, we know better than that though. All right, so 13, 13 also represents um, when we're looking at the significance or correspondence with dates and that's. Taking place, things are taking place on the planetary level as well as things taking place on the interplanetary level in the cosmos. So, the 
where we are at now is July 4th. We're at July 4th, 2017. All right, so July 4th, and today, Venus went into transited into Gemini. That's going to pop as well on July 4th. So July 4th, 4, or 13 equals 4, right? So what is the significance of July 4th? Why do we observe this? Why is it observed? Every year, nonstop. Is it pertaining to solely the signing of uh, the Declaration of Independence by uh, the United States of America or whatever? I think that's a, you know, what the July 4th thing, you know, phenomenon is the birth of the U.S. or whatever. That's what we so called celebrate this for, right? When we look at it, Let's look at it from an uh, ancient comedic point of view, from where all these rituals derived from or initiated from. Uh, originally, um, what's taking place now then is some solstice which took place on June 21st. So June 21st, if you count 13 days from the 21st, we will land on today. So 13 days from the 21st, summer solstice. Summer solstice, solstice again means the sun sits still. 13 days from the 21st is July 4th. So our ancient brothers and sisters participated in what was called we call malids back in the day. They still have these malids to this day. These are basically festivals that are based on cosmology. You know, certain things have taken place on the planetary level as well as in interplanetary or cosmological point of view. So what's happening on this time of the year is summer solstice, 21st. And what happened three days prior to that on the 18th, if I'm not mistaken, um, 18, 19, 20, yeah, three days, 19, 20, 21, is called Lelex in which is the night of the teardrop. That's the first night of, of the Egyptian month of Ba'ani, B-A-O-O-N-E-H. Um, that's the 18th of June or the 11th of Ba'ani. But the 18th of June commemorates the first drop that falls into the Nile to begin the annual flood season. So 13 days after um, this moment of 18th of June, the first year drop, is when the Nile actually starts to um, increase in its height and the indonation season, season uh, is pronounced. Basically, the flood season starts to begin and um, the Nile starts to exceed over its uh, natural Live. All right, so um, so the Nile begins to rise about or soon after this period of the summer solstice. So two weeks after the teardrop, or about the teardrop is the 18th, so two weeks after, around the 27th of the month, all the way up to what well, the 27th of Bani, which would be the 3rd of July is when um, this increment or 
the levels of the Nile starts to increase. So by the third and the fourth is when it gets to that point to where it's uh, now starting to flood. For 13 days after the summer solstice, July 4th. This, that is the real reason for um, the observation of this ritual while we participate with it. You know, so go back to uh, the Ivan Pavlov experiment on dogs and how he developed uh, what we would call um, learn how he, um, I guess you could say, attained the information that, uh, you know, he, I, I can't say he discovered um, what learned behavior is, but he did uncover how it is derived in dogs by way of stimulus. All right, so with learned behavior, what Dr. Ivan Pavlov basically what he discovered is that he was doing he was doing a, a experiments on dogs to see how much saliva they would form um, when they got that got hungry. All right, so the stimulus would be food. The re- response or the unconditioned stimulus would be food. The unconditioned response was saliva. So they they saw this experiment every day. They saw the same thing, same thing. But then one day he noticed that the dog was saliva was salivating just as much, and he hadn't um, brought the food out yet. But he's like, what triggered this saliva to form in the dog's mouth so abruptly? It was the it was the assistant, the lab assistant. So what he he noticed is that the dog had learned that even though the food wasn't out there yet. He was about to get the food, or the, the dog was about to get the food because he saw the lab assistant coming, or noticed he heard the lab assistant with the key at the door, or he heard his foot, foot uh, steps coming closer. So he would start salivating before the uh, actual uh, lab assistant would come in there, or even the food, which was actually the actual unconditioned stimulus. So now what Pavlov discovered was that. Um, Although the food wasn't being presented to the dog at the same time, as for as far as the unconditioned stimulus is concerned, it still was stimulated to the same degree as if it had received the stimulus. But the neutral stimulus, which would be the lab assistant, is what actually the um, the uh, reaction or the behavior, the learned behavior, where it now knew that it was going to be fed just because of the repetition that was taking place. So now it's no longer unconditioned, um, an unconditioned response. An unconditioned stimulus is now a conditioned response that is uh, generated by way of a conditioned stimulus. So they now, and so now we look at, so for instance, uh, the ritual or the how we observe Fourth of July. So Fourth of July may not have been observed the way we observe it now, as far as uh, the condition or the learned behavior. The learned behavior that we um, participate with that causes us to salivate at <laughs> the mouth and uh, you know go get a keg of beer and you know smoke uh, ounce of bud and you know eat you know. 15 pounds of uh, charcoal, basically, cookout food. So all of these things, 
are learned behaviors that were formed by way of an unconditioned stimulus being something that was natural that created an unconditioned response, something that was natural. That unconditioned stimulus would be, you know, the rainy season, okay? It's going to it's unconditioned, you know. It, it has to happen. It's going to rain. It's natural for the dog to want food. That's an unconditioned stimulus. The unconditional response is natural for the dog or animal to salivate. That's unconditioned. But the conditioned stimulus, when the assistant, lab assistant, when, the, when they noticed that the lab assistant coming back and forth, opening the door and all that, was stimulating the same saliva. So with us now, we don't necessarily need this natural stimulant being um, the first tier or Lalit's tooth, if I'm not mistaken. That's how you um, say that. Um, we don't need that uh, unconditioned stimulus or that natural stimulus that takes place in the external naturally because now we've been um, conditioned to um, salivate at the same moment because of uh, a repetition of this learned behavior, this unconditioned, uh, I mean, this conditioned response that has come apparent by way of conditioned stimulus being the beer, the day off of work, uh, the vacation that we may go on to the beach, um, uh, might, some people might get gifts, go on cruises or whatever. Some people, um, some of us, we may um, cook out. We may um, do nothing. It might just be that day. You know, we do nothing. Others, others, we do the whole firework thing and all that, you know, and just get real festive with this time of year. But um, uh, just looking up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Making sure I, I, I said that right. Lalix, um, well, yeah. Lalix in the top, yeah, the night of the teardrop. I, I'd probably say um, Nick Top. Nick Top, yeah, Nick Top. Lalix in the top, the night of the teardrop. All right, so, but basically, um, that first teardrop from the 18th of June all the way over to um, well, the 18th of June would be the first teardrop, but from the summer solstice to Fourth of July, thirteen days. So that thirteen begins talking about what in Hebrew, the Hebrew alphabet is M Mim Mim meaning water, blood, or chaos. So we're talking about water again. Also talking about chaos and blood. So in order for um, what's the opposite of chaos? Order. What is um, it within the comedic tradition? What is my my is love, order, balance as well. All right. So we have balance, and balance is talking about four again when we're looking at one, two, three, and four. Four came in and balanced by way of, through the reconciliation of one and two, balanced every aspect, other aspect of that, um, those relationships of one and two by way of bringing the physical entity into existence. That would be the seed or whatever in terms of uh, physical reality. It could be whatever it is, physical, that's now being presented. All right, so that's um, speaking on from the 21st, 13 days out of the 21st is 4th of July. All right, so that's four. One and three is four. Then we go to four. Again, 4th of July. 
So what it's for again is manifestation, it's materialization, it's the water, it's the material world, it's the blood, it's all for the chaos. So you have to have a discerning mind, a mindful mind, in order to balance the chaos properly by way of reconciliation of those two options. We have to first see ourselves as whatever it is on the outside of us and then reconcile those energies and say, even though I don't like that energy of whatever it is that's outside of me, it is me. And I have to reconcile to understand how to motivate and keep moving within this phase or phase of my life, you know what I'm saying, on the journey without becoming bombarded by or the opposition of self, outside of self. And then martial arts, as far as in my training, the first thing that Cecil taught us about opposition is that there is no opposition outside of ourselves, opposition self. If there ever is a situation that takes place or incident or any type of um, physical predicament that may take place, it initiated from me or the the one who um, initially put that thought out there. It's not the other person that stepped on my foot and I got mad. I, you know, it's it's the conditions of we go back to the pop lobby spirit experiment. So the condition stimulus now is um you know um vacation is um, now the you know, the beer, the liquor or whatever, it's the the time or whatever that was we're gonna have them that fourth of July evening with fireworks, you know. So that's the conditioned stimulus that gives a conditional response of whatever happens after we get the stimulus that stimulates the response, you know what I'm saying? It may be a feeling of euphoria or it might be a car accident. Might win the lottery. Ain't no telling. Might have a baby. You know what I'm saying? Might lose a baby. But whatever may take place from that stimulus, it now creates a conditioned response, whereas we would have an unconditioned response from unconditioned stimulus. And now since these other things are now present in our um, natural reality, we have so much artificial um, stimulus that's included in the natural um, in the natural processes and, and functions that we have to participate with on a day-to-day. Less is more, of course. So the less we do, the more active we can be with our internal energy and be able to utilize it properly as far as materialization and manifestation. So one into one, absolute, multiply or multiplicity into two, the opposite or the polarization of itself. In that opposition, it was reconciled by the understanding, or three, within those three mechanisms of, of one, two, and three, absolute absolute recognizing itself, and then the reconciliation of the opposition of the of it recognizing itself, it formed by way of um, that, that reconciliation, it forms life or, or matter. Four, so that's 13, that's M again, all right? But we do participate with a lot of these rituals um, haphazardly without having an understanding or reconciliation of where this information or the energy of some of these um, so-called rituals 
is where where the, where the head is from. Where, where we, why are we participating with certain things like Fourth of July? All right, so this is the purpose and reason for Fourth of July energy is due to the indignation of the now, right? So the now starts to flood around time of Fourth of July. And, you know, the, the 4th of July or the indignation of uh, now is very powerful and very important as far as um, in ancient Egypt as well as now and, and Chris. Because what's taking place is basically life is starting, is going to be abundant when that, that now flood and start getting to that silt and start making some, some things pop as far as vegetation is concerned in that part of the, or that region of the world. All right, so <clears throat> we were talking about series. Also, series, series is, uh, you know, series A, series B, series C, but it is equivalent to um, a sitter I said in Haru. In ancient um, Kemet or ancient Kemet, it rose soliloquy with the sun at dawn during the indignation of the Nile River. So Sirius, which is a, a white dwarf, dwarf star, shines 40 times brighter than our sun, and it is our planetary lifeline, is what trying to say. So as you know, we are getting uh, magnetic energy downstream from Sirius into uh, the portal of the black hole that we call a sun, you know, the, that the black sun, the sun behind the sun behind the sun, um, we're getting that energy from Sirius B that comes down by way of that, um, that streamline into our field of life here on planet Earth. All right, so this energy from Sirius flows downstream from Sirius on that magnetic line, and then it gives life, light and light, new Earth to the solar system. And that's, you know, everybody on the planet, everything on the planet, every, whatever on the planet. No thing or nothing on the planet Earth is not a child of God, a child of sun, or a part of the Illuminati, or whatever. You know, Illuminati means enlightened, basically, but also means children of the sun, Mesoam, you know, so, or Muslim, basically one of peace, but when we interchange that air to all we have around, Mesoam, so you have mess meaning family or children, and we have rah, um, ram, meaning um, sun or light, basically children of the light, children of the sun, Illuminati, same thing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Ma, on, same thing, my family, on, light, um, you know what I mean? So everything that is on the planet Earth or in the universe, so basically on the planet Earth, uh, that is getting any type of uh, light, or life is coming by way of the solar, the solar deity that we call the sun, basically. And that's, that light and life, light, again, is um, earth and moon is water. So that's light, so light and light, life and light. All right, so we're going to keep it moving a little bit. I'm not going to keep you all night as far as uh, with all this information. So now, the number 13, um, as indicated, as I mentioned earlier, it goes into fours. 
Now, I'm also going to, as also stated, briefly speak on um, JC's new album that he just dropped a couple of days ago on the 30th of June. And how this relates to um, the mystical number 13, the mystical magical number 13 and 4. All right, so his album is entitled 444. It dropped on June 30th again, right? June 30th is uh, 63. That's 9, birth. All right, so we have 9, we have 63. 444, again, it's a new album, but he had an album a couple of years ago. Matter of fact, it was 2000, um, 2009, if I'm not mistaken, called, um, uh, what was the name of the album? The Blueprint, exactly. Uh, the Blueprint came out um, September 8th, 2009. All right, so now we, we, we got to... Notice these dates, okay? All right. The 30th of June is exactly nine days after the summer solstice, 21st. So you got 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. That's 90 days, nine days after um the summer solstice. That's the 30th of June. Four days after the 30th of June is July 4th. Six and three, when we flip it, is, or when we, um, basically, the anagram, or if you want, if we would, if we would, is 360, during 60 degrees, 630, or six and three, Zero, 630. That's 360. 360 degrees, that's the circle, right? Then you have 30 or 360 degrees right there, the circle, going into the four days, the square, the materialization, the manifestation. All right, so we're looking also from we can pertain it to, um, for instance, the new album by Jay-Z. Jay-Z, very prominent hip-hop artist. Been doing it for a few years. Got 12 pretty good, decent albums already under the belt. You know what I'm saying? So what does um, the group 23 have to do with um, 444, the album that's newest album? The Blueprint 3 was dropped on September 8th of 2009, right? Looking at these dates, right? Okay. The Blueprint was dropped, the first one was dropped on September 11th, 2001. Significance of that date, right? What's the significance of these dates, right? All right, so September 8th is in a comedic mysticism or Sufism, also, this in particular, as far as uh, the uh, calendar system is concerned, what took place from um, the date of September 6th to um, date of 
September 11th, or um, they also call these five days was basically um, the five extra days that were put into the month of September are the five extra days of um, the year. Hold on one moment. I'm looking up the information right here. What's uh, right there? Here it is. These extra days currently began on the 6th of September. These days are... Um, this is uh, pertaining to the Sothic or the subject calendar. Also, the sidereal, sidereal calendar. Um, also called the sidereal calendar, is based on um, the series star constellation. The ancient Egyptians divided the year to 12 equal months of 30 days each and added five um, plus one every four years, so it's somewhat like the leap year. So it would be five, added five days plus one every four years, so that extra day was added every four years. Again, these extra days currently begin on September 6th, all right? So... On the, in the story form, five Nichiru, or gods, deities, were born on each of these five days. So each day, there was a deity born. Osir was born on the 6th, the 7th, Aset was born, Set on the 8th, and um, Haru on the um, 9th, and Hetcheru on the 10th, and then the 11th was the new year. So September 11th, 9-11th, 9-11 is the new year on, in, within the, um, when dealing with the Sothic year, the Sidereal year, they say that well, what happens on September 11 basically is the alignment of uh, Ceres and our soul system or the sun, you know what I'm saying? So this is a great alignment or the great day, the great year happens every 460 something years, I can't recall, but when that happens, um, the galaxy, the solar system basically, and Series, all every all of that will be in line together, and it will be a, a lot of different um, as far as anomalies, anomalies concerning weather will be taking place at the same time. You know what I'm saying? A lot of shifts within um, the galactical or cosmic um, pathway of that energy, the helical energy that's coming by way, that's coming here by way of that magnetic line. All right, but so those five days, so we got. The 6th, the 7th, the 8th, the 9th, the 10th. It's five days. But on the 7th, the day of Aset's birthday, the Nativity of the Virgin Mary is celebrated on um, the 8th of September, which is Aset's birthday, which is the eve of Aset's birthday. And that is the second um, deity born on those five days. Aset, Isis, or whatnot, is the second deity born. And she's born on the 7th or the eve of September 8th. But that is the day of assumption within Orthodox um, religion. All right, so this day of assumption is the day that so-called Mary transitions and passed over into another realm. This is observed by... The tradition observed even to this day, 
It's called the Day of Assumption, but this is in actuality, September 8th, the day that we observe as the birthday of the energy that we call Aset. All right? So September 8th is the birth of Aset. And September 11th is the actual New Year. So had the blueprint come out on September 11th, 2001, the same year as the 9-11 ordeal or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But the blueprint came out on that day. That's the new year of series. Then September 8th of 2009, the blueprint three came out. September 8th is the second deity being born, which is I said, on September 8th. Now we go to um, 444. Came out on June 30th, 2017. 2017. To do the math on each each day. So we have 11, 8, and 30. 11 and 8 equals, of course, 11 equals 2 and 8 equals, um, well, 2 plus 8 equals 10 equals 1. Then we had 30. So 1 and 30. 1 and 3 equals 4 again. So we go right back to the 4. We go back to materialization, manifestation. So what's the purpose of J.P. entitling you 444? From my own perspective, my own perception, where I'm getting from, what I gather, is that he is acknowledging his godhood by way of slowing down all that is taking place in his life as far as right now and in his own um equilibrium I mean his own um environment and his own circumference. He has he has now brought about a balance or equilibrium before by way of recognizing and um reinitiating the information of how he got here in the first place or how or what is his initial um, motiva- motivation, basically. So four 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 equals twelve. Four times three is twelve. That goes right back to three. Blueprint three. What was on the cover of Blueprint three? He had a trigram of uh, a trigram. Basically, is um, it is a, a symbol that is utilized within the I Ching. Um, most, tri- well, trigrams are three lines, basically. A symbol of three lines that has uh, different meanings. Um, each line is either going to be a straight line or a broken line. So the straight line going straight across the yang, that's energy going straight across activating. A yin line is going to be broken in the middle, so that's receptive. That means can, something can be pulled or put into that. Right? So that's the yin is the broken line, yang is the, the um, active straight line. Right, but when we think about this three, or these three lines that he utilized as, as part of his uh, album cover, those three lines within um, the I Ching or within the trigrams and what they mean as far as the eight trigrams in um, internal martial arts or the Tao or whatever, all these different um, Eastern or um, Oriental type of um, methodologies of the mystery system or philosophy. Chien, C-H-I-N, is the name that represents the symbol 
the name means heaven. So he put on that album cover of um on that album cover of the blueprint, the blueprint three, he put heaven. Image of is heaven, but the motivation is creativity and also awareness. So it goes back to one within numerology. One is awareness. It's the absolute. And it also represents heaven being creative and formalizing two. And from two, from one to two to two to four to four to eight. All right, so we're looking at four, 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 we look at four, then we got those two dots right in between. Two dots to me represent a gateway. That's the portal again, sort of like 11, 11. What is 11, 11 equal? Four. But what's on the other side of the gateway? The 11, 11, four and four, or eight. So from one to two to four to eight. Four and four equaling eight again, talking about infinity, if you will, the sign, the sign symbol, or energy and movement, infinite movement. You know, so talking about again him reintroduce, reintroducing himself to his God self. Four, the physical reality. Then the gateway. You know, four the modality to you know fire, air, water, earth. Then the gateway, the portal, or whatever, going over to four four. Four four is um the double the, the the double doubling up of that unseen reality and the seen reality. So you have polarity of knowledge showing itself as knowledge again. Then the polarity of of uh, or absolute. Then the polarity of the opposition showing itself as opposition again. So you have one 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 one. So that's two, two equaling four, going right back to manifestation. But also, when we're looking at those three, we got again, we're talking about heaven. So that was the blueprint. The last blueprint album was heaven. So now we're going over to this album, four, 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 equaling 12, equaling three again. So that's that three going right back to the blueprint or heaven. All right. But also, we're looking, we look over to um, the Hebrew alphabet, speaking on Kabbalistic um, means of, of geometry. So, 444. And this is also relating to the teardrop. And with 444, how it, it, um, it's symbolic to the teardrop uh, in life or up. Then the Chidrop being the original primordial waters, or the first, um, the first cell, if you will, also um, that black dot to see, you know, saying the initiatory spark that um, comes through the portal of life, the X, the X chromosome, feminine chromosome, or the vortex of energy, you know, what I'm saying. So four, 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 equaling three. Also, going into geometry or the Hebrew alphabet, we're looking at um, three different letters in conjunction with um, hold on. in conjunction with um, 
the number. All right, so that's geometric. Every number has, or every letter has a number that corresponds to it. So A, uh, one, or at least in Hebrew, one, Bez, two, Kemel is three, Dalif is four, um, uh, what is five? Oh, boy. Submit? No. Um, oh, okay, let me get it. Kabbalah, uh, for the Modern World by Virginia Gonzalez Whippler. Good read. It was recommended by um, the good brother Bobby Hammett in one of his lectures. Um, and it is a good read. It, it really does. With the applications involved, you can do some things with this. With this read right here. Again, Kabbalah for the Modern World by Majin Gonzalez Whippler. All right, so I'm saying, um, oh, hey, yeah, hey, but oh, that's fifth. But anyway, so we got four, not least. I mean, we're going back to um, how, uh, how um, this relates, 444, the album relates to um, the indignation of the Nile as well as the first teardrop or um basically that that uh that black dot, the first cell, the primordial waters, right? The arc. The, the infinite primordial hidden or the infinite dark primordial hidden water. Alright, so how does it relate? Go back to three. First, uh, we got get three. Looking at three or the the um, third third uh, as the third uh, album that he dropped as far as as far as that um, blueprint album is concerned. He had three different albums from blueprint. The so blueprint one, two, and three. But three. Um, The third letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Gimel, and that it means uh, basically to carry, to gather, Gimel, where you get the word camel from. It's also the symbol for Gimel is um, basically a camel's foot. It means activity, the motion, contains limited existence or non-existence. It's the movement of what is located within um, at least in that. I said Gimel. Then another 12 or another 3 is the 12th letter, and that is um, Lamad. Lamad means um, to teach or to yoke, to control, to bind. It is the principle of the consciousness connecting links. All right, so now I'm I'm coming from the the 3 right now, so that's Gimel, Lamad, and um, Shin. Shin is the... um, the 21st letter equals three, but shin means sharp or to eat, and also means two, but basically the spirit of God. So the spirit of God, that's sharp, that's shin, I mean. So we have um, the mill, the mod, and shin. So the statement will be the motion of consciousness 
for the motion of the linking consciousness of God or the spirit of God. The movement of the linking consciousness of the spirit of God. What is the movement of the spirit linking consciousness? Basically, it's uh, the elliptical of cities, right? All right. So now we're looking at, again, that was three, three. That was blueprint three. And we're just going, trying not to go too far out there with it. We're going to cut it off in a little bit um, and finalize this. So, but basically, so we went from um, went from three, three, three. So that's Gamel, the Mod, and um, the Shin. So that's the um, the movement of the the uh, information, if you will, or the intelligence of the spirit. But Lamad, uh, well, movement is email. That's the activity, the motion of the contained limited existence. So to carry or Gamel. So the movement of the consciousness or the connecting link of the spirit. So the movement of that connecting link of, of God or the spirit of God. All right, so now the end, now the Three other letters, four, four, four. So this is where it goes into where he is now reconciling the opposites, emerging or going through the um, higher gamios. And this is what I see, you know what I'm saying? As far as what's going on in his life, he's like, man, I got to slow down. All this bull nonsense, you know, uh, going on. And he, and he just um, recently um, fathered two children, paternal twins, on um, what day? On the 18th of June. What we were just speaking on was the 18th of June being Lelet Nukat, or the night of the first teardrop. The first teardrop that falls from heaven, shine, or the blueprint, comes down and impregnates, I said, or yeah, the earth, basically, you know what I'm saying, by way of their energy. All right, so the 18th, they had twins. The 18th of June, the month of Gemini, as far as in astrology is concerned. So very powerful um, application physically that has taken place. Very, very powerful. All right, so we had, and not only are the twins that are masculine and feminine set of twins, male and female, if I'm not mistaken. And then we're going to the name, Rumi, the female, and Sir, the male. Rumi is a ancient name of a poet, a poem, or a poet from 13th century, um, one of the most pronounced. Poets that ever existed. Basically, everyone knows Rumi. Um, Rumi means basically in Shirk. So Rumi, the individual, was from a place called Rumi. So his last name, Rumi, basically means from the town of Rumi. Um, it means Roman. It was a prophet or a location within church back in the 13, 12, in the 1200s, the 1300s, basically, um, the Byzantine army 
has infiltrated and taken over that area. So weenie means Roman, right? All right, so who is the Roman? Just invert the word Rome, we have a war. So the Rome, the true Romans, the Christians or whatnot, are, are basically um, the Moors. Then we have the name for the map, the mill. His name is Sir. Sir comes from um, etymology, etymologically speaking, comes from the word um, sire, French, or whatever, old French, which basically is just uh, a nice way to approach a person with a, a title given to the knight as well as um, the priest in the order back, back in the day, back in Middle, you know, mid but um, fire, or S I R E, fire derives from an ancient word to will. So we look at the word sit or stop, S E R E, in Tremetic, sir, or Medinetra, sir, S E R, it means chief or prince. And what do we know the chiefs to be involved with or princes to be involved with? Oh, you know, as far as the title of recognition within the Moorish side, simply America, the Moorish holy side, simply. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Moors go by, we go by chiefs, grand chiefs, uh, sheep, grand sheep, whatnot. But basically, um, Sid means, or S-E-R means, chief of prince. Which we look at the word S-I-R again, like we were talking about Syria. Syria is a Latin derivation of the word series. So series, again, is sir, S-I-R. So we go right back to subject or series, which, again, is in relation to, um, in relation to uh, basically it corresponds to September 8th and September 11th or the, the new year, which would be September 11th, you know what I'm saying, and then September 8th, where um, Blueprint 3 came out, that uh, is around that time of the year where um, what's called the Assumption Day of Aset, or Mari, or Mara, meaning Mara, meaning, again, the great sea. Also, it, it's where the word Maro is derived from. Maro is a fluid substance again that uh, is basically where the stem cells dwell, but then the stem cells differentiate, they all differentiate energy matter, differentiate into this whole of what we call the body. All right. So we the names, Sir and Rumi. The date of the birth is June 18th. 18, 19, 21, four days after the 18th is summer solstice, right? 16 days prior or after is, of course, July 4th, 7, 16, 7. Gemini, polarity, Gemini, both sides, masculine, feminine, if you will, is knowledge and is understanding as the, um, Wisdom, or basically, is the absolute and the absolute recognizing yourself in multiplicity. 
So you have Jay Z, Beyonce, then you have the two seeds. So you have knowledge, wisdom, and then you have the two twins. That's one, 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 one. That's four. Again, so you have when you're looking at four, what do you have again? You have one, 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 but you are looking at four, four, four right there. But four, 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 four equals out to one plus two plus three plus four. One plus two plus three plus four is one plus two is three, and, and three plus four is seven. So you have three plus seven is one. So you've got three fours that all equal out to one. So you have one, 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 which is again, if you flip it on the side, the trigram for heaven, four, four, four. Right. I'm, I'm looking at what Jay-Z is saying. Even if he wasn't physically saying it, like he really sat down, we don't, you know, when we communicate with God, basically, or vibrate with that frequency of math, um, it comes by way of cosmic and solaric information or it's galactical information as well, coming through portals of overtone that are non-existent uh, to us physically by way of our natural, by way of our observing with physical eyes, physical ears, physical smell, physical touch and all that. It comes by way of certain apparatuses that we use less of, you know what I'm saying, like the pomegranate. But when we put that pomegranate online properly and we use it properly and obtain information, it is received directly from the source pool. Alright, so he when he was doing, he was getting information straight from the source pool. I don't know if he sat down with uh, you know some Illuminati heads or some shit, and they struck a deal. Who is that? Whatever. But just from our studying and our research, we obtain certain information that they may not like. What I did of the deciphering and the other brothers and sisters within um, the this community of intelligence, so-called so conscious community, we tend to uh, like to break down and decode certain activities that may be going on. So one thing leads to another, and we say, well, this relates to that. That relates to that. So, okay, that's what we do. You know what I mean? All right, so everyone may not see it the same way as I'm, I'm related. But basically what I've seen in retrospect to this is um, – what I'm looking at basically here is 18, you know what I'm saying? That's the first tier. That tier represents of that black dot or, or the, the, you know, undifferentiated energy matter before it multiplied into all of existence. From that tier, multiplicity, which is the indignation, and basically that's where uh, we notice the fruition of life and its abundance coming forth from that first tier, and then the indignation of the now, or life. That now is also represented of the Milky Way. So the Milky Way is the cosmos. So when the cosmos goes through the indignation um, period, certain life is flowing off of or out of the cosmos into different realms of existence, in some places of or alternate parallel dimensions, if you will. You know? So, um, one 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 four, right? That's man, woman, and the two queens, man, woman. So now they have 
you know, an external representation of um, their godhood. So he, he said, well, I got to get this boy by the horns and really man up, you know, mind up to who and what he is and his potential. He's a billionaire, you know what I'm saying? He's a multi, whatever, as far as uh, um, in life is concerned. He, I, I'm, the way I see it, he looked back, high time, I mean, hindsight is 2020, right? He's like, look, I've done all, he's probably looking like, yeah, shit. I've done this, I've done that. I, from from every level, of, just for me looking, from every level of this uh, being's life, he has personified in certain aspects of what it is to be God by. You know what I'm saying? From a street level, from a financial level, from a family level, he is personifying what it is to take care of his foundation from a king's format. You know what I'm saying? From the, from a, the structure of uh, being the sole controller of his destiny, of his head, creating his head. You know what I mean? So that's 444, with his three members, equally three, is talking about how he has materialized his uh, physical reality from his mind, from his heaven, you know what I'm saying, that, that uh, you know what I'm saying, the blueprint, you know what I mean? Uh, so that blueprint, where his blueprint or the blueprint of all of us, not just Jay-Z in particular, our blueprint should be a blueprint of building the foundation to heaven or from heaven's perspective. And then from that, on the base, our base being in heaven or, or our truth, you know, our innate abilities, our, our, our right to be who we are naturally, from the bottom up, as it grows, it builds into or materializes into the four, which would in turn be the materialization of, of life or whatever, from the perspective of carbon, if you will, you know what I'm saying? But that heartbeat is now going through and pulsating through all of um, the, of, you know, in this case, the manifestations that have taken place. So that's four, um, talking about the matrix or the, the four angles, the four corners, the four seasons, you know, different uh, ways to um, analyze or be, you know, to be analytical on uh, what four and its participation with nature. I right, but Coming right now with this, in this perspective, also, so four, four, four is three, three numbers. But within those numbers, again, we go with geometric, but the opposite or alphanumeric system, the opposite of uh, the number, or in the Hebrew alphabet, we're going to go with the first one is Dali. Dali is door. Right, so door it also means movement, or again, but it, this is the archetype of the physical system. That's my eye. That leaf is side, the balance, right? I right, said so door. Then we go with um, mem, mem again. That's water. That's blood and chaos. It's the maternal creative principle, the motherly principle, right? So that's four mem. Um, Thirteen, you know, say the thirteenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet as well as the English alphabet. Thirteenth letter of the English alphabet being uh, M, 
It's also the bridgeway. It's the halfway point of the 26 letters that are um, that we participate with the English alphabet. So 13, 13 equals 26, but that's the bridgeway. It's the um, jump into is the is the um, is the um, transformation process, going into another state. You know what I'm saying? So we have um, dalif, uh, movement or door. Then we have um, mem, water, blood, or chaos. And the last letter is T, which is um, ta. That means uh, a signature, but it's also the archetype of all cosmic existence. So that's a signature or sign. So DMT, but that's dalif, mem, and ta. So that's four, four, four. All right, Dalif, Mem, and Ta. Dalif, again, means movement. Um, Mem means um, water or chaos. And then we have Ta and sign. So it's um, the sign of the movement of water or the sign of the movement of life. You know what I'm saying? So DMT. Now, just looking at DMT, we have a lot of misconceptions about it, you know. Um, some people say it's okay. Some people say yeah, it's not so okay. It's, it is what it is. All right. DMT, uh, basically, uh, ugh, DMT, it's a, it's a natural occurring psychedelic substance in nature. It, it's in just about everything. All things green basically have. DMT in it. DMT is uh, dimethyl tryptamine. That's where we get the word uh, tripping out from. Tripping, you know, what you tripping on? You know, like LSD, acid, or whatever. You know, tripping. It's a psychedelic drug that has DMT in it, um, or tryptamine in it. All right. So in mushrooms as well. Um, but DMT or uh, dimethyl tri—I uh, mean, dimethyl tryptamine also called Dimitri, or the spirit molecule, has, um, like I said again, has had some bad rip. But here lately, there's a dude um came out with a movie called, or a documentary called uh, the spirit, DMT, the spirit molecule. And he pretty much broke down what DMT and its benefits um the benefits of DMT and how it is localized in the brain or in the body, you know, basically. Um, it is the simplest psychedelic that exists in all our bodies and occurs naturally in, in all animal and plant kingdom, inside the animal and plant kingdom. It um, is part of our natural makeup. It helps with metabolism of, um, of the body's hormones or whatever and things that go into the body. It is part of... Um, Every animal, grass, peas, toads, frogs, mushrooms, moles, and everything. It's the reason that the cow is so flopful and sleeps standing up because all it does is graze on DMT all day, basically, because it's within the grass. So when we eat the, the beef from the cow, we tend to normally get a little tired and put our hand and do the, you know, do the outline. So that's that DMT that's located in there. Um, DMT was discovered in the brain 25 years ago by Japanese scientists, and they found that 
um, the brain actively transports DMT across the blood-brain barrier into its tissue. What was amazing to the scientists was how strategic and um, aggressive um, the brain was in its actual in its actual um, movement of the DMT into the brain, because a majority of substances do not break the blood-brain barrier. Yet the brain was it, it actually fights <laughs> for the um, act, for the activity of DMT to be introduced into its tissues. So DMT is not insignificant um, it's because if it was, then the brain wouldn't be trying to get it in there. You know what I'm saying? It helps with memory and everything like that, too. It helps with functioning within all aspects of brain function. Um, it produces DMT. Once it, we get it or we produce it, once the body produces it or it takes in DMT from uh, external substances like food or whatever, it breaks it down by way of enzymes called um, monoamine oxidase. And this occurs high. It has high concentrations in the blood. It also has high concentrations in the liver, stomach, brain, and intestines. So that goes back to the four canopies and four deities of um, or the four sons of Peru. All right there, stomach, brain, intestines, liver, you know what I'm saying? The widespread presence of this uh, monoamine oxidase is why DMT effects are so short-lived. So it's cleaned out. It, it's like it's not addictive. It doesn't cause, it only lasts like 30 minutes as far as the high from external uh, DMT, like uh, a wasta and things like that of that nature, some mushrooms and things like that. Um, on the pineal gland, it's, it's stated this, this is where DMT is purportedly uh, formed at um, by way of the pineal gland. Pineal gland um, is also called the third eye in certain other animals like lizards, um, and it, it was developed on the lens of the cornea and the retina of the of the. Um, and then within, like even within us, it formed with uh, in the fetal mouth or in um, the endoderm. So inside of the endoderm. No, yes, mesoderm is um, where the endoderm forms um, the neural crest. The neural crest has basically the um, the spine attached to it. The neural crest also has we have the brain attached to it, whereas that will be um, the pineal gland will be located within it. So, uh, but also when we're speaking on the pineal gland, the pineal gland um, becomes visible and develops fetus at 49 days. So 49 days also represents within um, the Book of the Dead or the Bardo, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Bardo teaches that it takes 49 days for the soul to reincarnate into or to incarnate back into a physical being. So the 49 days is also um, corresponds to how long it takes to uh, initialize the um, 
conclusion is is a male or female gender within the birthing process or conception. So uh, 49 also is in retrospect to um, a jubilee. A jubilee is occurs every 50 years within um, certain religious factions, but a jubilee represents 49 days or 49 years of a certain type of um, mode, right? So it's seven times seven on um, those uh, Sabbaths. So a 49 is a Shemitah. It's a great Sabbath, or, uh, you know what I'm saying, if I'm not mistaken, but the Sabbath, the ordinary Sabbath is seven days. Then we have a seven, well, as far as Kabbalistic, I'm say we, but Kabbalistically they have a, a seven-year Sabbath, then they have a 49-year Sabbath. So we're, we're going through the Great Jubilee as of this year, 2017. I, uh, going in, in, in the Shemitah, it's uh, like the right around uh, autumnal equinox. Again, equinox, day and night, so it's about to at that moment as well. But So DMT. DMT is also called a spirit gene or spirit molecule. They say that when we, if a person takes DMT or whatever, what happens is um, the sense of reality becomes uh, more of a meditative, mindful type of participation where they now see the fluid-like interpretation of what we would call um, physical or matter. They see that it is no longer matter in that breakthrough moment when they go through those doors, those portals. All right, so B, again, means doorway. M is um, the blood or water. So basically that, okay, I said to be the energy and kind of the sign. So the energy, kind of the energy going through the door or the portal, the, the womb. The energy is the black dot or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But that's that teardrop, the 18th, July 18th, the teardrop. That goes into the door. That's the the, the four. That's the um, dalit. That comes into the physical reality. That's the primordial cell. That's the first cell. That goes from one to two, four to eight. Then the 16 and on and on and on. So 76 trillion. You now I'm about to break it down and, and get on about it here, but this is the last thing we're going to speak on. So we speak on 76. 76 is 13 as well, 76. Um, we were looking at three different aspects of reality, so that could also relate to three dimensions. Uh, something that Dr. Phil Valentine taught in his uh, one of his courses online at um, the University of uh, Commission Sciences, KS, is um, the relationship of the illusion, the hologram, and us, the physical reality, and how we participate with this hologram and actually fuel it by way of our energy. And is DMT the actual energy that may be fueling our reality as far as the input and, and the output is concerned? DMT is said to be in all things 
DMT is the best material for the purpose of seemingly providing access to freestanding non-corporal realms. So if this non-corporal realm or non-physical realm is it has an all easy access um, mechanism by way of DMT, yet when I go to sleep at night and I'm dreaming, am I not being am I not tapping into DMT as well because it is a non-corporal realm? Although I'm taking again physical ideologies or physical pictures that may be participating with this physical reality, it is not necessarily that reality. But I'm but we're there, you know what I'm saying? So we may mediate between those two realms. But if DMT is is the best material to access that non corporate realm, if we're meditating, then we are accessing that non-corporal realm. If we are deep breathing or being aware of our internal reality, then we're accessing that non-corporal realm. Doing certain activities within the perspective of alchemy is accessing that non-corporal realm. So the merging of left and right or the merging of um, the two opposites, you know, the absolute reality recognizing itself, those two opposites, the absolute and the recognition of the absolute, and then the reconciliation or the understanding of the absolute coming into an agreement of unity and formalizing material reality or manifesting. All right? So that 444 goes into three again, but that's, that 444 is talking about a, a 12, 3, with DMT. DMT could very well be what is keeping all things in this reality together as well, kind of unseen, unseen perspective. But DMT, if if that is the case, would also be that black dot or basically melanin or internal, external melanin, dark energy, dark matter, basically. And how dark energy, which is the advancement of of space-time, basically, is the movement of space-time. And then dark matter, which is the formalization or the slowing down of space-time into um, the physical substance that was seen as the movement. Then we have, you know, that five to ten percent of reality that we have physical, as far as like cosmic, you know, I mean, comets or meteors, or suns, you know, everything else in in um, the galaxy that's physical that is seen like that. But could that be the thread? You know what I'm saying? Is DMT that one of those unknown, unseen aspects of the source pool that could possibly be, you know what I'm saying, you know, that spirit molecule is in everything and it's part of everything. But it's basically, again, um, something that we cannot really put a finger on because it is basically the finger. I mean, you know, how is the fingertip going to touch the fingertip? of its own self. It has to use another finger to do it, so there won't be that same uh, interpretation, basically. I, but going back to that 6 and 7 equals 13, and what Dr. Valentine was speaking on, so the planet Earth purportedly moves at 67 million miles per hour, right? They say it weighs 6.6 trillion tons, 6.6 trillion tons, and it's uh, 27 or 26,000 miles in circumference. All right. 
So what I'm going to get at is DMT, for one, but how this is a how this is all a hallucination or hologram. If this planet Earth is moving at 67,000 miles per hour, which you know basically is, is a great mass of, of energy moving at 67,000 miles per hour. Imagine, if you will, a car going at 67,000 miles per hour. All right? That's damn fast, right? So we're looking at ourselves in the state of inertia, in the state of non-movement, although the planet Earth is moving hella fast at 67,000 miles per hour. We're looking at it like, damn, it takes forever for me to get to this manifestation. We need to be looking at it like, I've already got this manifestation. I'm 67,000 miles ahead of myself. We need to slow down. We need to meditate because we see it mentally. We see it in the mind, so therefore it's already been formalized. So I need, we need to slow down our interpretation of what we're participating with and stop um, locating it here now and also locating the emotion of, or the feeling of frustration by way of the fear of it not being here physically present yet having it in the mind. So slowing it down and operating with it in that manner. So but 67,000 miles per hour, miles per hour. Imagine if we're moving that fast, right? The planet Earth weighing, again, 6.6 trillion miles per hour, I mean 6.6 trillion tons, I weigh roughly between 178 pounds, moving at 67,000 miles per hour. planet is only 27,000 miles. So if I'm moving at 67,000 miles per hour, I'm moving three times the length I'm moving three times the rate of the length of the planet Earth. So that means I'm moving three times faster than what, if, if I'm here, right here on, in North Carolina, and I move from here within, in, in, you know, within the spit of a second, at 60,000 miles per hour, then I would be, I would have made three trips around the planet Earth back here within a second or whatever. Right? So that's, Six seven thousand miles per hour. You know, so twenty four hours, six seven thousand miles per hour. I ain't gonna do the math on that, but basically, three times um, that twenty seven gives us close to sixty seven. You know what I'm saying? Roughly six seven seven is uh, twenty one. So carry the um, two. So it'd be like eighty. 80, um, 81,000 miles, basically. So right around there, 67, you know what I'm saying, 13,000. But uh, imagine, if you will, moving that fast. You know what I'm saying? We would be three, we would be two times, two, we would be uh, two planets further away than the planet Earth. It would be 27 and 27. That would be basically uh, 54,000 miles away from the planet Earth. So that's what that's what was going on. So we got a hand. Right? This is why I'm going back to Dr. Downtown when he's talking about and also with this third three dimensions of three D. So we have um, um we have the blueprint dropping, blueprint three with the three on there, you know what I'm saying? And that's four 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 is three, but three and four D four is the four the um what letter of the Hebrew in that? Example is D, 3D. But basically, going back to 
7,000 miles in with three dimensions, three dimensions. So you put your hand right in front of your nose with your palm, um, if it's your right hand, your palm facing um, the, um, your right hand, palm facing your left side, and the outside of the hand going to the right side. All right, so you got your hand right there in the middle. Now, just move your hand back and forth. Just wave your hand left and right, 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 left and right. Now stop it. All right, so when you stop, that's inertia, right? That's stagnation or whatever, you know, that's inertia. That's the planet Earth as we think it to be. You know what I'm saying? But when we start to move it back and forth, 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 that creates two dimensions outside of that one dimension. Going left and right, left and right with the hand. So where is the true dimension at? Which one of these is the third dimension? Is it the inert or is it the one to the left or right? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's the question you have to answer for yourself. You know what I mean? It's all an illusion, it's hologram. So basically, you know, this inert 67,000 mile moving per hour planet is not really inert. It's on the vibration of mass. All right, it's on it's moving within um, circumference of reality of, of the galaxy. All right, but that sixty-seven thousand sixty-seven equals thirteen. Thirteen equals four again. Um, I you know just had a little fun with it. You know, see the guy doing a good thing like that with uh, not just numbers or whatever, but pretty much taking the attention away from what media has out here and bringing something back into uh, to the light of uh, of the people, you know what I'm saying, so where we can be thankful for, even if it's something he died, you know what I'm saying, but we're all here together as far as, uh, it, 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 if we're looking at everything right and exact, the multiplicity means that we are all interconnected by something, by some means. We are here together. It may not be our personalities that are unified. It may not be um, our genre, be a man or woman that's unified. It may not be our jobs that makes us, you know, equal. It may not be the the what we are thinking that makes us, whatever the case may be. It is something within all of us that creates balance, that creates equilibrium, that brings about my eyes, that brings about force, that brings about life. What is that? It's called intelligence. It's called the breath. You can take away everything that we participate with in life, and we could call it a bad day. But you take away the breath, you ain't just going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad night because you're no longer going to be here. Everything, every substance on the planet Earth has intelligence within its form. Be it DMT, be it the breath, whatever it may be, it's intelligent. And it has to have a portal to flow through in order for it to exact into an electric um, expression of life. All right, so, you know, DMT, 444, uh, life, oh, you know, A-N-K-H, four letters, you know what I'm saying, um, this black dot, 
Vortex Benji, the Mecca Bar, you know, Mitosis, Cellular Division, Hyrogenios. Uh, these all are interrelated or interconnecting pieces of titles that all relate to one or that source pool where all things do exist together as as or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So in that separation, we did forget or something like that. It looks like, you know, we're, we're in, in, like, with 444 and also with the number 13, there is a process of forgetfulness. So he, as far as, like, with Jay-Z and, and within his uh, life or what he's been participating with here in the past few years and coming into this last album, he is gathering, you know, give me a three, his consciousness, Lamont, or his information, wisdom, uh, what he has been taught, and he bonded that together, and now he is going out by way of the Spirit of God or the intelligence, and he's bringing that information, training that information to the masses in the way that he's um, participated with or the way he wished to deliver it. You know, so everybody has their own little task and their own way of doing things. You know, can't knock somebody else because that's the way they're doing it. Let them do it the way they do it. You do it the way you do it. I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it. And then at the end of the day, we get our, all we all get our um, job done, our whatever our, our personal job is. We get those things done. All right, we get things being cheap. Um, 444, um, the mystical, um, magical, metaphysical interpretation of 13-4. All right, so, you know, 13 blood, water, chaos. Basically, life, you know what I'm saying? And how we participate with life in order to bring some type of order to the chaotic um, manifestation or multiplicity of life, you know what I'm saying? So that order is brought way, brought in through different mechanisms. DMC could be is one of those mechanisms that can be used if used properly because it gives one the uh, sense of um, of mindfulness if, if used properly. And you could we again uh, produce um, DMC by way of a pineal gland. So get into those deep meditative states. Um, Resonation, I mean, uh, renunciation, where we renounce certain things, will bring about the energy within again. Because, like fasting, the brother uh, had to, um, Brother Jamal did the fasting, metaphysics on fasting and spiritual warfare a couple of weeks ago. I think just posted, I just posted it on YouTube last night. But um, renouncing food or whatnot gives the body the chance to purify. But when the body doesn't have anything to do, when the organs, like the intestines, they ain't got to break down food. Spleen ain't got to try to assimilate, assimilate um, the nutrients out of the food properties or whatever. The, you know, the pancreas ain't got to break down the sugars and all that. The liver ain't got to store nothing. And all that. None of these things take place. And guess what? It still has energy to manipulate or move and alter. But it's not that energy. It's not the energy from the physical substance. So that, that, other energy is going to go through there. The intelligence is going to occur and is going to develop new, stronger um, connections 
within those uh, what we call fascia, the muscles or whatever, the tendons and ligaments that connect all organs and tissue together. But it's also going to connect a stronger uh, unification between what's external to that fascia, what is building the fascia on the external by way of the breath or, or the intelligent pathway that's coming into our portal or to the body. Remember, by and D, D means contribute, by means to the divine soul. So the body is contributing to the divine soul, of, and that divine soul is going through the experience of being physical. Remember, we are spiritual entities going through the experience of being physical. We're not physical, we're going through the experience of the spirit. All right? So this, this spirit molecule, DMT, get to some very deep meditative arts. Deep meditative skill or technique, deep meditative technique, DMT. You know what I'm saying? Get involved with it, and you will find out on the flip of that, when done properly for at least a year, no TV, none of that MSG, salt, sugar, get out, purge all those things out the body, no radio, no TV, uh, minimize um, company or, or distractions or things like that. Get used to yourself and your internal reality. Bring in the energy, you know what I'm saying, within that cycle and see that one developing into two and the four into eight, you know what I'm saying? So that four, four, that physical eight, that, um, you know, the, the one that became the eight, then the eight went back to one or the physical entity, the whole structure, the whole human. And so... Uh, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and cut it right there. Um, again, thanks, um, you guys, for participating. Uh, um, if there are any questions, feel free to um, to ask. If not, then I'm just going to go ahead and fade out. Give thanks once again. Um, Get that DMT jumper, you know what I'm saying? That that four four four, you know what I mean? Get that four four four. In my perspective, like I said, thirteen meta magic on thirteen four. Um, it's talking about um, an ordered life, basically, um, bringing order to the chaos of our disentanglement or our basically our discombobulation or our destruction. Bringing order to uh, what is taking place on the external by way of the Hegelian dialect, and basically the conditioned um, reality or learned behaviors. So grabbing that bull by the horn and saying, I control, I'm controlling this thing in my life, you know, A, it's a leaf, it's a fear, it's the bull, you know, it's the leader, you know what I mean? So get that thing and, and lead on. All right. Once again, get thanks. Um, and see you when I see you which may be um, next week. I'm going to give the brother Jamal Hala. He may be in here next week, but whoever may be here, give thanks. Uh, I give thanks for uh, you guys for participating once again with yourself and see you when I see you. All right. Peace and blessings. Thank you very much, but it's it's really not trivia. It's big. African thinking, African philosophy is a big thing. But African think and African 